0: So amid all of the controversy and conversation and attention that was paid to Sean Rash because of what he said during the Midwest Region Finals for the Players' Championship, one thing that got forgotten is that there was another person on the other side of that uh, interaction. Uh, Matt Russo, who ran the ladder to get to that final and had ball in hand in the 10th to win and unfortunately didn't do that. Um, all of the attention got removed from him. Uh, you know, he's, he's 25 years old and this is the first time he's ever been on TV and it's not a major but it's kind of a major and he's just running through this gauntlet of EJ Tackett, AJ Johnson and then Sean Rash and and then because of the way that everything kind of panned out you know we stopped talking about it and we forgot about the fact that he was the primary receiver of this uh criticism right away you know he was the one standing in front of Sean and I don't want that to um be the primary focus of that whole event, because Matt deserves a ton of credit for what he was able to accomplish during the players. So that's why I uh, reached out with him and I kind of had this podcast scheduled already. And then everything happened where he made the show and then everything that happened during the show. So I gave it a little bit of time just so that he could digest and think about what he would want to say. And that's really what this conversation is. So I really hope you guys like it. You know, Matt and I take some time to go through his past a little bit, you know, kind of what his college career was like what the early onset of his PBA career has been like, as well as um, what he's looking forward to, um, you know, in the coming, especially this season, because, you know, when you're coming off rookie of the year, the expectations are probably going to be pretty high, especially if it's just on yourself, but also from uh, externally as well. So I really hope you guys enjoy it. This is 10 Pin Life podcast number nine with Matt Russo. you know, that, that is like the headline, right? Like everyone knows Matt Russo as PBA rookie of the year last year, but um, your resume has, it it definitely did not start there. Um, I think in terms of collegiate bowling, you're probably one of the most like, um, well-credentialed collegiate bowlers that's ever come out, uh, at least in the last, you know, 10, 15 years. Um, you're also the first lefty that's ever been on the 10 pin life podcast. So congratulations to you on that. Um, <laughs> but um, yeah, I honestly, man, let's just, let's uh, we'll take it easy to start. Cause there's a lot of stuff um, that's, we're going to talk about that's definitely a little bit heavier with everything that's been going on in the last week here. But um, first off, how's your day? And second off, I guess, you know, one thing that I think is really cool for people to explain, because um, to, to, 10 Pin Life is all about how we make our living in bowling, is, you know, you're, you're as fresh on the tour about as you can get. How do you explain to somebody else that doesn't know what you do, what it is that you do?
1: I'm doing very well. Uh, you know, preparing for the U.S. Open, uh, leaving on Sunday to head mm-hmm. out to Indianapolis. And then, you know, this is our big stretch in the tour. Mm-hmm. Uh, you, you know, you got your feet wet with the first major, and now we're into our second major and these big events moving forward. Um, so today was a lot of practice. I practiced this morning, drilled a couple of new balls. Uh, we just announced a couple of new bowling balls from our brands at Hammer uh, and then our new dv balls. So I drilled a couple of those, uh, liked what I've seen, so they are going to make the trip. The nice thing about bowling in Dallas last week was I got to keep some balls on the truck, so I don't yes. have to bring as many uh, this week, but uh, definitely got a new mixture in there. Uh, I seem to always throw your thing, which ends up being great, uh, it makes yeah. me money, but yeah. it's always good to have a couple extras. And with there being one truck this week, it's gonna be hard with all these guys drilling bowling balls. I'd rather be prepared uh, using the shop that I have back here um, in Illinois to allow myself to just be ready and prepared. Uh, But I definitely have gotten the taste of what it's like to be a pro at home. Uh, Being on the road, you know, you travel, you're bowling every day, or at least hopefully, and, you know, you're seeing friends and roommates and everything. Uh, But being at home uh, has been a lot different. It's a lot for me to adjust. I stepped down on my job at Best Buy. Uh, Before I went on tour, I was a sales supervisor at Best Buy. Um, So I decided that I was going to step down, I think, Winning Rookie of the Year really made it apparent to me that I can win out there, mm-hmm. uh, that I can do what it takes. I can make enough money. Um, and then I started seeing the prize fund in some of these tournaments. And I was like, you know, if I really want to, I I probably can make, you know, 50,000 would be a nice number in the first couple of weeks and uh, or the first couple of months. And we'll go from there. Um, so I decided to step down and it was probably the best thing I ever did to not be able to feel like I have to be at work so much. Uh, I can make bowling my work. I can uh, focus on bowling and focus on everything that I have to do. Um, So the last couple of days, I haven't really been doing much, uh, just preparing, Mm -hmm. uh, drilling balls and practicing and spending time with with my fiance before I leave again. That's the biggest thing is making time outside of bowling. Mm -hmm. Like with how much I travel, it's hard to be away from home I've got three cats at home as well. So it's just hard to be away from all that. Yeah. So making sure you're spending time, uh, it's important. Uh, yeah. You know, Dallas was tough. Uh, it, it was There was definitely a lot going on, which we'll talk about later on. But yeah. it's how you step away from the game versus how you get back in has really made the difference for me for sure. Uh, and, and I'm very glad I just get to, you know, kind of relax and wake up, go to the Bowling Center, uh, drill some balls, kind of do my thing. Mm -hmm. Um, which I've had an incredible opportunity um, at the Air Force Base in Illinois to be able to bowl and and train there every day. Uh, Fortunate enough, met a guy named Gary Gruberman, uh, who basically I call him the manager, whether people think of it as not. uh, (laughs) I call him the manager there. Um, He allows me and Lauren to basically do what we need. Um, He'll put out a pattern. He'll allow us to use the pro shop uh, I, you know, I've brought some light to the center as well. I made sure I give them credit for everything. Cause really without them, I don't, I don't know where I would be yeah. with COVID. Everything's shutting down. Uh, there was nowhere for, to train. Mm-hmm. So I was really able to kind of dedicate myself every day to where, okay, this is the time to get better. You know, you, yeah. you've got to get better if you want to win. These guys are very good and you've got to take advantage of it. So I really, that's my wave. That's my space, my safe space to get away. Uh, with Lauren, her and I, you know, I don't feel like I'm in a bowling center. I don't even feel like I'm in Illinois. Yeah. I feel like I'm just somewhere and, you know, we're able to do our thing. So I really do appreciate what they've done for us, uh, for me as well. And uh, it has allowed me to, to definitely become more motivated and mm-hmm. uh, just work hard at it. So I will say the life living out on tour is a lot different than being at home. Yeah. And I've definitely cherished the times I've had at home to, you know, be able to work at it.
0: Yeah, for sure. And that you actually bring up a good point, which I was actually bringing planning on bringing up later, but it's a great point to talk about it. You are engaged to Lauren Pate, who, for those of those of there, that are listening that don't know who she is, she was a, you know, pretty much an all-star at McKendree. I believe she's graduated now. Correct.
1: Yes. uh, Finishing up her master's degree, actually. um, Oh, awesome. Nice. Uh, So she'll have a master's in her field of uh, mental health counseling, um, which She's undecided what she wants to do, probably sure. going to bowl for a little bit and yeah. then figure out, you know, after that, but yeah, uh, go ahead continue.
0: Yeah, yeah, I guess that's it. That's just the transition is, you know, you're, you're talking about it from one side of how hard it can be to, uh, you know, live to make that transition from home to tour and back and uh, and and, I, and you know, a part of that, that amplifies that is the fact that the uh, two of you are doing it. Yeah. So like by the time that you're, you know, this big stretch on the tour kind of comes to a close, then Lauren's going to be gone for like three months if she does the full time on the tour. And I don't know exactly what her plans are, but it's like, it, it can be, um, very, very difficult. And, you know, you look at guys like Chris Barnes, when, you know, he was full-time and Linda was bowling full-time and there's other power couples that I could probably think of, but I'm terrible with names and history. But um, now this would be the, your, this would be your first year actually dealing with that. Or did you guys go through that last year at all?
1: We actually uh, went through it. uh, Once she graduated, Uh, I left home. I came here uh, and we went straight on tour. Um, So last year was the first time that I actually didn't travel as much with her on tour. Um, I went to a couple of events uh, Mm -hmm. because they didn't have the tour the year before that. Uh, So I went to a couple of events. Uh, That is my plan again this year is to be at some of the major stops. Uh, The Queens is in Illinois. So I'll head up there. Um, The U S opens in New York and my parents are live on the East coast. So I'll go there. Um, But we also have the PBA league and some of the other summer events. So Mm got to pick and choose. Um, I absolutely love supporting here. I love being out there watching her compete Um, Sometimes I love it more than bowling myself. Mm -hmm. Uh, So it'll depend. Uh, I'm not going to miss a tour event um, unless an emergency or some circumstance, but uh, yeah, I I love absolutely every minute, you know, getting to travel with her and and watching her compete, but you're right. It's tough. You know, we end in April and they start in May. So there's really no like break time to where it's like, okay, you know, now I'm home for a month or two and before she leaves. So Mm -hmm. you definitely take the time that you can and, and don't take it for granted. Uh, because you just, you never know, you know, when there's going to be another event or or where you're going next.
0: Yeah, for sure. For sure. Um, Now let's roll the clock back a little bit. So um, uh, was it Nathan? I don't remember his exact name. I got to look it up because I was just Nolan. Nolan Hughes did a phenomenal job after you won your first title in writing an article about you and kind of you know, what, what it took for you to get to that point. So I'm going to have a link in the description. So I highly recommend everybody checks out. He does such a good job. I want to give him a lot of credit for that. Um, so we can kind of give the abbreviated version cause he did such a good job. Um, tell me a little bit about your collegiate career. It was four years at Weber international, correct. Um, you won a bunch of really good stuff, uh, you know, between being a collegiate player of the year, um, I will say that you won two, you know, intercollegiate team titles, uh, which we don't have to get into the details, all that crap. And um, I mean, just just honestly, for being one of the most um, successful, you know, bowling programs in the nation, and then you were kind of the guy in that program for the time that you were there, how do you look back on your college career? And like, if you had to tell the story of it, kind of, how does that go?
1: every year was very different. Uh, that's the biggest thing um, from being there freshman year to, you know, bowling against some of the best guys on the team uh, to then being one of the best on the team, you know, it's a transition period. Um, and then 2017 hit us yeah. and, you know, I'll, I mean, I'll be the first one to say it. We, uh, we got it taken it away. Um, yeah. There's really no control over that. Um, that kind of is, That to me was one of the hardest things in my career Mm -hmm. Uh, because up to that point, I was known as somebody who bowled on a team that cheated. Yeah. Um, And that was tied to my name. It was tied Mm -hmm. to my family. It was tied to my friends, you know? So for me to sit there and be like, okay, I'm, I don't, I'm not going to let this, you know, run my career. Um, And that's where I got to the point where I was like, I need to set something different. You know, I, I I need to be better myself. I need to be better for the team. We've got to do something to change what is happening. Mm-hmm. Um, and then that's really where I feel like I just started getting better. I won the amateur in 2017, um, made both adult and junior team USA. And then after that, it really felt like my career started to kick off. Um, but I definitely think that being at Weber, it changed a lot for me in my bowling game. I went there strictly for bowling. I went there to become better. I went there to train a kettle. I went there to get help from the best coaches in the world. Um, and I truly believe if I don't go there, I'm not sitting here talking to you about PBA tour stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think I would be a, uh, you know, a five-time member of team USA and all of the athletes that go with it. So I think there's a, there's a great purpose for me to go there. Um, and I definitely will say for anybody who was looking to go there, um, you have to love bowling. That was the biggest thing is if you love bowling, you're going to do great. If you don't love bowling, Unfortunately, it's probably not the best place. And I tell that to anybody who asked me, whether it's friends, family, uh, or just somebody who's a fan of mine, I'd say the same thing. Mm-hmm. I don't like to send somebody that's not going to succeed. Yeah. Um, it is a tough place to be. It's a tough culture. Um, they're very strict and the structure is very hard, uh, but it only makes you better if you put in what it takes to become better. Mm-hmm. Um you can't just slide by in that program and expect you to be, you know, a 220 average bowler when you're doing 160. So right. it all depends how you see it and then what you put in it, but I met my closest friends. Um we built a team for 4 years and 2019 was the most gratifying thing I've ever achieved. Mm-hmm. Um I almost didn't bowl in 2019. I walked in there and decided that I wasn't going to play. I felt like it was best for me to sit down and take kind of a break, a step back from it all, and just continue, finish out my degree. Um, and then I decided, uh, with the help of some people who sat down with me, they said, you know, you've got one choice. You can either leave your teammates behind um, or you can stick with them. And I said, you know what? I'm not going to let my friends and my closest roommates do it by themselves. Um, and it's the greatest decision I ever made was yeah. to bowl that final year. And we won the national championship, and. You know, still to this day, I talk to all those people. Mm-hmm. So it was a an incredible experience um, with a lot of stuff that came with it. Uh, but it was a lot of learning. Yeah. Um, the nice thing was I went back uh, before the World Series of Bowling last year. Uh, I worked mm-hmm. with Ruben Ghiragosian, who is one of the world-renowned coaches. Mm-hmm. Um, and he definitely got me to the next level. Uh, there was a small hitch in my game that I was trying to figure out that I just couldn't do it well enough. I just felt like I was stuck. I didn't know where to go. I couldn't figure out a way to get better. I felt like I was getting worse. Um, And I practiced with Dom Barrett, Osco Palerma and I, we worked for two or three hours and it clicked. Um, And I'm still working on it. You know, it's still something that I focus on and it's every tournament I can say, I can pick it out and say, okay, I'm not bowling well, because one, it's either bad ball reaction two, physically, I'm not doing the right thing or Three, I just don't have it, so it's gonna be one of the three. Um, But yeah, since then, um, really felt like I've kind of kicked off my career since 2017, the same year I met Lauren. Um, So there was a lot, a lot happening in in such a short period of time. Um, But I really think that what happened in 2017 and kind of what happened in 2019 when we won and with the passing of my grandfather and stuff, I think a lot of stuff has led up to me just being pushed harder and more motivated you know to be out there and to be one of the best
0: yeah yeah for sure and that's actually something that i i want to shine a light on because you know um and, and it was highlighted very very well this last uh sunday where you're in you come off as an individual that's very collected like all the time like you don't I mean, actually when I was talking to, uh, Chris about Chris Prather about it, which he's actually got higher highs and lower lows. than I think even you do like it's very even keel. Um, but you guys are both kind of, you know, it's kind of a similar wavelength there, but, um, like that just because you look as though, you know, you're uh, very, very, very kind of just uh, on that straight path. It doesn't mean that you're not motivated. It doesn't mean that there's a lot of drive. Um, and I, and I'm, if I remember right from the article, it's like 2017 was kind of like where that fire really, really picked up. Um, do you like, what is the, what is the thing that you lean on in terms of creating drive for yourself? Like when you have to get out of bed in the morning and it's like that day that you just, you're just wiped and you don't want to think about bowling, but it's like, man, I just, I have to do this. What is the thing that you kind of lean on?
1: Well, here's the thing, Ben, that you bring that up. Uh, I don't ever not think about bowling. Oh, that's um, fair. That's really um, – I'm always thinking about what ways can I get better or, you know, the bowling balls I have sitting in my house or just yeah. anything about bowling. Yeah. Um, what really did it for me uh, was when my grandfather passed away in 2018, uh, he was my biggest supporter. He yeah. really was. Uh, he went to every competition. He was at every college competition. Uh, he, he just sat back there and watched there was no critiquing. There was no, oh, you're not doing well. There was no, you know, do better. It was just a cup of coffee and sitting there and enjoying the moment. Um, and when he passed away, uh, I was in Brazil. Um, unfortunately enough, the night before I did get to talk to him. So it was kind of a very unexpected thing. Uh, mm-hmm. But I almost left Brazil. Um, I remember talking to Kelly Kulik and Rod Ross and You know, we decided that he wouldn't want me to do anything but be out there, Uh, ended up winning some gold medals, which probably was one of the proudest moments of my career um, up until the PBA. But that is my drive. That's my motivation um, is to just make him proud. Uh, You know, getting up at 630 every morning before going to work to go to the Air Force Base and practice for an hour and then work my 12 hour shift and then come home and do it all over again. That was nothing to me. You know, as tired as I was, I didn't want to stop going. You know, I want to be one of the best. I want to win titles. I want to make money. I want to be one of the faces of the PBA. Uh, So I've got all these goals, but I can't do it by not practicing. I can't do it by not working at it. Um, I've got to practice. I've got to draw balls. You know, I've got to just become better. And I've had very good influences in my life Uh, with Parker Bone and Johnny Petradlia growing up in the same center that I grew up in. Um, it was hard to not learn from that. Yeah, uh, Parker Bones, like the second father to me. Um, I talk to him every day. Uh, he has been there uh, for me any chance that I need. Uh, he was there at the show on Saturday, uh, mm-hmm. Sunday. Yep. Um, so when you have people like that in your life that look out for you and want the best for you, that you can learn from, it's hard to not be motivated. Mm-hmm. Um, Lauren has done more than I could ever ask of her for me when it comes to pushing myself to become better, uh, practicing more in the lanes, kind of telling me that I am not as good as I think I am. Mm-hmm. That kind of stuff has made me realize I do need to work at it. You know, I do need to practice. I do need to become better in these areas. Yeah. And without that, I wouldn't have realized it. And sometimes it's okay to take a step back and be like, wow, like you really aren't that good or you really aren't as good as you should be because you're yeah. not trying. Right. Um And I started to separate myself from others and kind of practice and do my own thing and surround myself with the people that wanted to get better. And once that happened, when I got to the tour, it's the same thing. Uh, Andrew Anderson's one of my best friends. He's actually, he is my best friend. Um, I, I hang out with Chris Prather. I room with guys who, who want to get better. So it just all depends on who you surround yourself with that are Mm going to determine how good you can be. And ultimately, that has led me to become the most motivated. And, and mm-hmm. I enjoy, you know, seeing my name out there. I enjoy, you know, the activity on social media. Like I like all that stuff. It just shows that people are noticing what you're doing. Yeah. Um, and, and ultimately just, I find more ways to become more motivated.
0: So now when we were in Milwaukee, you know, one of the things that I have thought about probably every day since then especially when i'm bowling is the way that you described how it's like when you're when you're out there it's just having fun it's just like you just like and i you know that i think that was just you know the way your way of explaining like just stay in the moment because like this moment's really cool have fun with it right so my question is you know you got we have motivation and a support group and uh you know the the, the the actual um accessibility and ability to become one of the best that's in the game how do you balance that with with that with the other side of i i i, just, I still have to have fun because i think that that's a hard thing you know we don't want to take that i don't want to take that for granted because it's really it's you know if we lean too far into fun you know we can get lackadaisical if we lean too hard into drive we can beat ourselves up really, really hard. How do you find yourself balancing that? Or is this something that kind of is natural for you?
1: I think it's more natural. Uh, I'm not a very analytical type of person. I'm a field player. So if it feels right to me, if it looks right shape wise, uh, that's what I go with. Um, but I have learned just from the past, if I'm not enjoying it or I'm taking it too hard on myself, I'm not doing the bowl well. Yeah. I, it's just more about learning about yourself. Um, You know, after the first block, I had 120 something over and I was like, okay, you know, we're going to do better the next block. Mm -hmm. Um, And then I had 77 over and I'm sitting at 200 over and I'm like, okay, well, we're halfway through the tournament. You know what? What's going to change for tomorrow? Let's think about tomorrow. Let's think about what's possible. 150 out of the show. Well, I'm only looking for 10th. I was really only looking to get in the top 10, get that pay bump, grab a check, you know, and move on to the rest of the season. Uh, and then I saw something different Sunday morning. I really saw something that I don't think anybody else saw. And I, I just kept going, um, but I was enjoying it. Like I was enjoying, I enjoy competing. I enjoy being out there on the tour. I think that's the, the biggest thing is it's not even about bowling. It's just enjoy being out there. Yeah. Like I, for the longest time I can remember, that's a, a dream of mine is to be out there on the PBA tour. So the fact that I get to live that dream just mm-hmm. already sets up the moment of, okay, what can you do with it? And if I can do more than what I think I can out there, uh, I'm going to be very happy, but it is just making sure that I'm still concentrating and I'm still focused while enjoying what I'm doing and not get too much lots of days go, like you said, or not get too lazy. But I think because I want it so bad, I think that's allowed me to not be so lazy with it.
0: Yeah. Yeah, for sure. For sure. So now I think that's a good time to talk about, you know, you talk about in, in that experience, right? Like you live in the dream and um, you know, just being able to to do the thing that you've always thought that you wanted to do and you've, you've worked so hard to do. Tell me about them bright lights, man. I mean, that was the first time on, that was the first time under, under the lights this last Sunday at the Midwest region finals. Um are you still processing it? I mean, how, how, how are you quantifying that whole experience?
1: Uh, yeah, it it honestly has been, it, it was incredible, uh, yeah. regardless of the outcome, regardless of whatever happened. Yeah. Um, I remember it. I don't know the exact number of years, but the PBA lead was back in New Jersey. Um, And Parker bone was part of LAX. Mm-hmm. They had a finals. Uh, they finished second, but after the finals, I was fortunate enough to throw a couple shots, no lights. It was just a blue oil. You know, I was throwing a couple shots and I was like, wow, this is really cool. One day, you know, I will be there. Um, then I make the show in Jonesboro and uh, it ended up being flow bowling. Still yep. fine yep, yeah. title. Incredible. Right. Um, and then we bowl the players and I realized that I'm 50 in the show with a game to go and I don't know what the hell's going on. Uh, I got my dad texting me, Hey, what's this person bowling on my like, dad? Like, I'm trying to make the show. Like, I don't, you know, I don't know what What else you want me to say. Um, and you know, Lauren was, was watching and stuff. And I just remember I bowled, I think I bowled 2:30 or something. And Tim Matt says, Oh, you know, you're in. And I was like, oh, oh, great. You know, and I didn't really know what to say. I didn't know what to, you know, what to process it at all. And, you know, it's just a lot going on. Um, And then we get to Dallas and we're practicing off the, off the TV set, just practicing. And I, my ball was doing stuff different that it wasn't doing in Milwaukee. And I was like, okay, let you know, we got to find something else. Mm -hmm. And then uh, we got to the TV pair and for practice. And I was like, this is crazy. Just the set alone, uh, the lights, you know, the blue oil, just everything about it was incredible. Um, and no people were there, you know, so it was just us practicing, whatnot. Um, and then I woke up, I was nervous, man, I tell you, I was nervous. Uh, you know, national television, a major, a chance to bowl for 100K. I, there, it's just, there's a lot stacking up, you know, rookie of the year before that. And I was just trying to enjoy it. Literally, I, if I, I said to myself, if I get past the first match, it's a bonus. I have more airtime. You know, I, I can get more experience on TV and I get to bowl EJ and then AJ and Sean, like I get to bowl the, the best guys, nothing against Bailey. Uh, oh, he yeah. was just a new, a new player. So mm-hmm. it was the same for both of us. So I said, okay, if I do my thing, I'll be fine. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I just, I started to love it. I really did. I got comfortable early. Uh, the best thing for me was that I I made the two, four, seven right in the beginning uh, and once I made two spares I, and I, I caught a double, I was, I got very comfortable. Mm-hmm. Um, definitely still had the nerves going. My heart was racing. Obviously it's national TV and the fans and everything, but I just got comfortable uh, and I was enjoying it. The most part of it, I was like, well, you know, taking it all in and just, you know, just enjoying it really. That's, you know, yeah. that's the biggest thing and kept looking over at, at my reps and, and, you know, and saw my family and stuff. So, Uh, it is an experience that I will never take for granted. Mm -hmm. Um, As much as it hurts with how the outcome ended, I really can't say I would do something different Mm -hmm. other than maybe make a better shot in the 10th, but um, just an overall incredible experience. Uh, What a way to start off the season, make a television show, um, you know, gaining much more experience and putting myself out there and Uh, my end goal of this year, regardless if I win another title or make another show, is I want to be drafted in the PBA league. I think that is the coolest thing that the PBA has ever done. Uh, The arena in Bayside, I've never been there, so that would be sweet. Uh, It Mm kind of takes back to college bowling with the the team aspect and representing a a brand. Um, So for me, that was my goal this season, was Mm -hmm. to go in there, bull well enough, get drafted. Mm-hmm. Now I making a TV show and I'm like, okay, I, I can win. I can win another title this year. I, mm-hmm. I can make a lot more money. I, you know, I could keep making shows. Uh, but there's no pressure for me out there. Um, I don't want to go into every tournament and be like, okay, you have to make the show. You don't have to make the show. You just have to bowl well. Mm-hmm. If you bowl well and your score is well enough to make the show, you're going to be on the show, but you can't go in there, at least for me personally. Mm-hmm. I can't go in there every week and be like, okay, I have to, I have to cash. Yeah. Well now every shot is that much more glorified because you're, you're hoping to cash. Yeah. Right. So it's all about how you look at it. Um, but the TV lights it's not, like no other, there will never be another scenario. Um, and if that's how it is without Bayside bowl, I can only imagine what it would be in Bayside. And that's yeah. what gets me the most excited is the fans and the cheers and how loud it is and the atmosphere is mm-hmm. it's just glorified. And, and I really hope that I get to experience that yeah. one
0: day. Yeah, I, I do too. I think out of, you know, cause I, I, I did a little bit of analysis of that when they had the keepers and all that. And I just looked through the whole PBA roster and I was just like, who are the guys like in looking at this free agent pool, realistically, you know, especially of the guys that weren't drafted last year, who's, who's got a really good shot. And I actually have the note right here that I swear is on the guys that weren't drafted. There's Matt Russo is the first one that pointed out. And then I put Wes uh, uh, Wesley Lowe jr. On there too. Cause I was like, those guys are freaking talented. Um, So I hope you do too. Cause I, I, number one, I want to just go there. I I, obviously I'll never actually bowl in that setting, but just to experience it, that's because it is at, at this point, you've got you know, that, that is the most unique, you know, setting in the entire sport. Um, I think it's the one that um, I don't know if they're necessarily trying to make it the model. I think it's going to be really hard to, to repeat, you know, duplicate or replicate, but uh, absolutely. So if, if any of the PBA league managers are out there listening come July, you really, really want the two-handed lefty Matt Russo on your team. Listen to me. I know best. No I don't. Um <laughs> so um let's uh what I would if it's if it's cool with you I actually kind of want I want to talk about the show at least in like the way that you were seeing the lanes because from a from a third party's perspective um you know I I literally watched 1000 2000 shots get thrown over the weekend in Milwaukee um and then obviously you know Ulys has different different lane panels I think they're pretty substantially newer um, the shape of everyone's ball motion just looked way different. It to me, it looked like the hook, the fronts hooked a ton. Um, what did what did you see that was that much different? Um, and then kind of what did you do about it?
1: Yeah, going back to uh Milwaukee, uh I chameleon kind of plays relatively similar everywhere that we go. Sure. Uh, just based on it being a little bit shorter pattern. So there's kind of two ways to go about it. Um, there was hook in the front uh, in Milwaukee, but there was also hook down the lane. Mm-hmm. So it made them a little bit easier to get to the pocket. It was just about getting a ball that wasn't going to hook early, but still hooking in the middle part of the lane to where front to back, you had the right shape through the pins. Um, in the first two rounds in Milwaukee, I definitely just kind of not played it safe, but I was just trying to find something and, hopefully get them all down. Um, And I really was a little frustrated because the last four frames of the qualifying round two, I actually found what I was looking for the whole time. And I was like, (laughs) man, if I would have just did this, you know, the the last 13 games, I would have been fine. Um, And then we bowled on, on dragon that, the next day. And like I said, I saw some hook to the left and just the purple hammer rolled well enough to where it started to carry where I didn't think it was going to strike. Mm -hmm. and i just you know kept going from there uh then when we get to dallas um i saw a bunch of hook in the front but a lot of tightness down the lane yeah so essentially using a lot of surface to get your ball to get started soon enough wasn't as good as it was in milwaukee Mm -hmm. so as we were practicing uh before we got to the mandatory practice uh i threw a couple different balls um, I tried reactive for sure on the left lane. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I threw urethane on the right lane. And I said, okay, this is what we're going to go with. The plan is mastermind on the left lane and then uh, double cross or uh, purple hammer on the right lane. Mm-hmm. And then I watched Graham Favreau. And I was like, wow, there's some hook on the left lane. If the TV pair is anywhere close, I'll be absolutely fine. If it If it's not, we'll go with. Uh, reactive and we'll be you know it'll be fine no worries yep i ended up drilling a double cross for the uh right lane because i felt like on chameleon i couldn't hook it because they were so tight down the lane so i Mm -hmm. wanted to go more up it Mm -hmm. and the purples were too sharp off of it and the black hammer was just a little over under there wasn't enough hook to the left and there wasn't a lot of hold so Mm -hmm. i figured okay let me go right in between drill the two inch double cross actually rolled pretty good Um, And then we get to the TV practice and the fronts are hooking way more and the back ends are hooking way more and the lights, it's hotter and all of that, you know, adds up. And then I saw my ball peel off of five, six, seven. And I was like, okay, this is exactly what I saw in Milwaukee. Let's Mm -hmm. go with it. Mm -hmm. Um, And Eric, my ball rep and I, we talked about a couple of different purples on the left lane. The right lane, we knew the black was going to be the play. Um, It allowed me to stay straight enough. And it just read the lane the right way enough to where it got nine. If not, it struck. Mm -hmm. So I went with a pin down purple hammer, the first match. And after the three pin in the 10th, I said, okay, this is not going to be there much longer if I want to continue to make shots and Mm -hmm. and make the stepladder. So I went to a pin up new purple hammer and that's the one I threw the rest of the shell, Mm -hmm. but I did see a good amount of difference between the centers. And I think that was the hardest thing for everybody to adjust Uh, was how different they were compared to what we saw in Milwaukee versus what they saw in Florida, uh, Virginia, and so on. Um, So that was the hardest part, but I do. am a firm believer that I played them the right way. I I wouldn't Mm -hmm. change what I did. um, And and I gave myself the best chance.
0: Yeah. You know, I, I would completely agree with that. It's um, you know, I I watched every shot of that whole show about as intently as I could, because it was, It was so fun for me personally, not that we're here to talk about me, but like just to see the difference because, you know, you got guys that, you know, come in with a game plan, like you kind of detailed out and then you just, I just had that feeling that it was like, it was just so much different that day. Like everything just hooked so much more that day that decisions had to be made. And, you know, AJ was probably the one that stood out the most to me, you know, when you when you guys bowled against each other, you know, he, um, it, it, it just it just looks so it just looks so dang hard and like because he was th- it seemed it seemed to me like he was throwing really good shots and then it's just like it just wasn't doing the right thing and and the fact that you were able to control that um is commendable because it it complete you know it it, it was a completely different landscape on two two of the same patterns from you know what you bowled up here and i don't know if that necessarily gets talked about enough in bowling in general is like yes Bowling ball surface is important and layouts and ball dynamics and blah, 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 blah. But there's also that other friction surface that we have to deal with that can, it can be so variable. I mean, even, you know, even in Milwaukee, it was that low, the low end hook so much more than the high end. That's like, that, that's, is one thing that I, I, I hope to shed some light on here in the, in the future. I don't know exactly how I'm going to do it, but. Um, that's, it's, I, I, I would just want to say with all of that and how that's, you know, there's so much unknown in that whole thing that, that you deserve a lot of credit for that because I know that it was hard and I wasn't even there. <laughs> so, um, I don't want to finish on this. So we're going to put it here. I'm well, not, let me say that
1: first, yeah, go ahead, first. Go ahead. Go uh, ahead. Before I went to Dallas, I actually went back to New Jersey, uh, oh, to okay. visit my nice. dad's center, uh, my dad, uh, runs a bowling center my home center actually uh, mm-hmm. well it used to be my home center um, so I got to practice my stepbrothers the head mechanic there so just putting out patterns and yeah I was practicing with Parker's kids who are brothers and sisters to me um, so we were bowling on dragon um, and they were different like very different uh, into a sense where at that center it's pro they're relatively new about 10 years old um, so maybe 15 around. So they're not super old uh, and they don't hook a lot and yeah. the gutter is not very good. Um, so you really can find where, you know, your miss is essentially sure. um, yeah. on those patterns. And I actually drilled a ball while I was at home in New Jersey for Dragon in a sense of, okay, if your thing isn't to play, I need something where I can go straight because I don't want to hook it where it's only me. And if there's no defined, Hook, I need something that pits up soon enough and it's just going to roll off of the friction. Yeah. Kind of like a urethane shape with to bowling ball. Mm-hmm. Um, so when I got down to Texas, I threw that same ball and I missed the head pit three times and I was like, <laughs> well, this is not right. Um, so <laughs> that just goes back to how different they are everywhere that you go. Yeah. Um, you know, where I, I mean, I kind of had the same shape as I did in Milwaukee in Dallas, but when I was at home, it was just relatively different. Yeah. Um, so kind of seeing three different ways to it um, was just interesting how different they played where depending on where I was at
0: yeah for sure for sure and that's that's such a big thing that like I said it's it it needs more it needs more attention like that's even one of the things that like from an outsider's perspective I, I was even hoping that like you know uh, Randy would talk about a little bit where it's like it's just like it's just say, just say that the balls are hooking a ton up front. And that's why, like it's, and it's super tight down lane and like, explain what that is, but they, it, you know, I get it. I'm a bowler. I speak bowling language. It probably wouldn't make sense to the masses, but, um, but that, you know, in I, I, again, that's why I, I just wanted to give you a lot of credit because um, you know, a certain percentage, I don't know how much of a percentage of the, uh, bowling community is probably looking at you like an enemy. Now there's a lot of you, a lot of people that aren't looking at you like an enemy, but you're a two-handed lefty throwing a purple hammer. Um, I think just culturally, um, in the sport over the last probably five, seven years, that has become a thing that is really, really easy for people to dump on. It's just like, well, clearly Well, I, uh, I, I didn't win because he's got all the room over there. He can throw that one ball that only works on the left. You know, all this, all this crap that is complete jargon and a complete waste of time. And I say that as a person that has gotten absolutely wrecked by lefties throwing purple hammers multiple times. It's, I, I know, I know that it works. It doesn't matter. It's, 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 it's in the rule book. Um, I, I, Let me say I, something
1: first. Go ahead. Um, go ahead. I um, I I do. I get that. I get it, right? Left-handed yeah. urethane. Um, but I always stand behind. It doesn't matter if you've got the purple ball in your hand or not. You have to know how to use it. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. That's the biggest thing I learned uh, about urethane was if you can't use it effectively, it's just like any other ball in your bag. Yeah. Um, yeah. And being around – Ruben, who is left-handed when I was in college, Mm -hmm. um, who taught me a lot about urethane. I was able to find ways to use it effectively. And then I got to the tour and I watched Butcher run me over every (laughs) dang week. Right. And I was like, okay, I can't throw it like him, but how can I create something similar to what he does? Sure. And I started to learn more about urethane and layouts and, you know, try and figure it out. Yeah. Um. Whether it's softer ball speed or faster ball speed or whatever it may be. Yeah. Um. But going back to my point is, even if you have the urethane ball, if you don't use it effectively, it's just like any other ball in your bag. Yep. And that's all I'm going to say.
0: Yeah. Oh. Well, yeah. Yeah. That's. I mean, to, to be fair, I mean it's it's in play on both sides of the lane. You know, Tommy Tommy used it in qualifying. I know most of the guys that are on you know the uh, Brunswick family staff. They everyone has at least one. Um, I've had one, I've had, uh, one, uh, a purple and a black, and I think one other one, and I, I, just, you're, you're, I am a very great example of a person that has no idea what to do with it. So it, it was never, it was, I never learned enough about it to have it be the right ball at the right time. So you're, I, I you're absolutely right. A bowling ball is a, is merely a tool and it, it, it doesn't matter how good the tool is. If the person that's using the tool doesn't know how to use the tool. Um, now, it's different
1: with reactive, though, because reactive, there are balls that are made for certain parts of the lane. That's As true. I say, yep. pearl bowling balls, you would say, are made for drier parts of the lane, whereas mm-hmm. solid, big, core, heavy rolling bowling balls are made for the fresher oil patterns. Yeah. Um, and then you get into the point of, okay, I'm going to take a big asymmetrical ball, shine it. Have a weaker layout on it and now i can use it on the burn because i want my ball to pick up soon enough but i don't want it to go sideways yeah. so there's so much and we can sit here and talk <laughs> hours about different scenarios of bowling balls yep. but i think urethane and reactive are two different aspects sure you can match up with reactive by finding the right core and cover combination but with urethane there is really only one or two covers, depending on how you look at it, mm-hmm. with a pearl urethane and a solid urethane. Even if that's what they're called, I don't even know. But that's what I'm gonna guess, right? That's what I'm doing off of, based off what I see, mm-hmm. and then a urethane tour. Whether mm-hmm. they put in the the new Black Widow urethane has a gas mask tour on it, or you put in a Purple Hammer tour, a Pitch Black tour. You know, with all the urethane balls out there, there's so many to pick from. Yeah. It's just about how can you use it. Yeah. And how do you use it effectively versus you getting your, you know, cover tour combo from a reactive ball. And that is what matches up that week. I
0: Yeah. That's, I, I, I like the idea of putting them in different categories like that. Cause that is, that is a good, I think that's a good way of separating it is just, just consider them into different zones because actually um, this was, this was kind of funny because I'm thinking about like, I, uh, one of the things I'm going to start working on is making like five minute videos of explaining like the fundamental pieces of bowling. So like, what does bowling ball surface mean to the person that has no idea what surface means? Right. And then I was like, okay, so then you have, you have surface and then you have, okay, that's our X or our Y axis. And then we have differentials. How much of the, how much of that surface are we using? And then I look at my wife, I was like, wait, this is a three-dimensional graph, Brittany. There's, there's RG in here too. And then she's like, too complicated, Ben, slow down. You want to make a five-minute video, not a five-hour lecture, settle down. So uh, when you talk about um, the hours and hours and hours of time, we could talk about that, same page. Absolutely. Um, so I guess I, I will leave the floor to you because there's a lot of things that I could ask questions about, but I, you know, I'm, I'm not here to prod, but everyone knows what was said. Everyone knows the thing that was brought up um not everybody knows all the details about how we got to that point um so I definitely have my curiosities but I don't know what you're under directives on or just kind of where you're comfortable sharing so I will leave the floor to you to say whatever it is that you want to say about the way that that show wrapped up what if there's anything at all
1: yeah um there's been a lot on social media the past week Uh, it's been about a week already yeah not even a week Um, about what happened on our show. Um, For anybody who doesn't know, essentially there was something said by my opponent, Sean Rash, um, which I don't know where it was directed to who or what, um, but it was said um, and I went up and I needed a mark in the 10th to make the finals uh, and I got five Um, and I split, I left it open and Sean ended up winning. Um, And that was it. Um, You know, I will just say this, Ben, it wasn't the right time uh, to be said. And I have decided throughout all of this that I'm going to say as silent as possible about it as a respect of my personal brand, the people at Brunswick, Mm -hmm. my family, for anybody who is affected, uh, I am going to let the PBA and the higher ups handle it uh, Mm -hmm. based on what they feel is best. And the PBA already set their suspension and Mm -hmm. what they find. um, And social media is taking over. I'm not the one that is going to be out there and say, okay, I lost because of what he said. Um, Did it affect me? Absolutely. Um, But I made a poor shot in the Mm 10th. Yes. It may have been online. It may have been close enough, um, but it wasn't as well executed as the other ones were that game. Sure. Uh, When I look back at the game, uh, I did rewatch the show. Mm -hmm. Um, I will not watch the final match for that reason. Yeah, um, I don't want to have to relive what happened for it being my first telecast. I want to remember all of the fantastic yeah, experience sure. that I had. Yeah. Um. So I did watch rewatch the telecast Um. and I did watch some of the bad shots that I threw and, you mm-hmm. know, some of the shots that were great. A- and that has allowed me to practice better and work on that this week, moving into next week. Um, but I did make a poor shot in the tenth. I will say that. Um, and I've told that to Lauren, I've told that to my ball reps and I've told that to people. Mm -hmm. Um, I should have made a better shot in the tenth. but there was a lot going on Mm -hmm. Uh, in 30 seconds. It went from winning the tournament, uh, to losing, uh, to what was said to conversations, to commotion, to just about everything you can, uh, not want to happen on your first telecast to happen. Yeah. Um, So I do say that it was just disrespectful. Um, I won't ever talk about it forward from now. I think uh, it's basically something that I need to just let phase out the way that, and it may not, you know, it may never phase out. Mm -hmm. Um, But I know in my heart um, that I'm not going to change what I do out there on the lanes because of what somebody said. Um, I'm not going to let, what happened in that final frame defined my career uh, bowling on television. Yeah. Um, I, I told this to my dad. um, If I don't strike against EJ in the 10th, I don't even get there. Yeah. Um, So it's kind of like as crazy as it is for that all to happen. I think it is going to make me a better bowler moving forward.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah.
1: The amount of support that I received that I didn't even ask for from people has been just outstanding. Mm-hmm. people from other companies, fans. Um, I remember walking into the bathroom after I got done and people were like, Oh, you know, you're going to talk to us. And I was like, yeah, like, I mean, yeah, I get I'm, I'm frustrated. I'm upset, but it's not going to change how I'm going to be or how yeah. I want to be on the tour yeah. regardless if I won or if I lost. Um, so I, I do think it's important that, you know, people understand that I'm not hiding anything mm-hmm. um, that there's, you know, how it happened is what they saw on live television. Yeah. So I, yep. I, I there's really no more for me to say on that, um, other than uh, I, I can't believe the uh, the social media has taken over. Um, I I do see all the comments, you know, and I I've sat there and read what people have said, um, and I've sat there and kind of looked uh, back on it, but it is not going to at any means define who I am as a bowler. Yeah. Um, it it's only going to push me harder. Uh, So when I am in that situation next time, I do make a better shot. There's a lot to learn from what happened. And I think that's the biggest thing that people are missing is regardless of what was said, regardless of the outcome of the match, there's so much to be learned about how to act and what to do in that situation. And that's all.
0: Yeah, no, uh, thank you for sharing all of that. And, and I, I respect your position on just it's, it's time to move forward, right? U S open is next week. Like if we're, if we're stuck looking backwards, we're about to walk into the hardest, potentially, depending on your opinion, one of the hardest, at least one of the hardest tournaments of the year, we can't, we can't have our eye on the rear view. And I, and I, I respect that a lot. Um, I will give you, um, one point of very, very significant credit as well is I've never seen somebody so close to making the 247 or 246710 in my entire life without actually freaking making it. Like, it got off your hand, and I was like, Holy crap, he made it! Like, as soon as you let it go, I was like, There's no effing way that he just missed this. <laughs> and it's like, and then, and I, it's like, you didn't, you're not gonna rewatch it, but um, you know, Rob Stone's like, It wasn't even close, it's like, Rob. That was as close as you could get without making it like, dude, it was so, it was so good. Like to, to have that all happen. Like you said, in 30 seconds, it was just like the highest peak, the lowest Valley. And then you still put together, you executed a shot that I know very few people understand how freaking hard that is to do. So good on you, man. That's all I got to say about that. Thank
1: you. Yeah. I mean, you know, the ninth frame, yeah, which I thought was pretty good. It, it, it was not a good shot and I gave myself a chance. I spared it. Um, but to do it again in the 10th, um, you know, I probably could have put a thousand dollars that it wouldn't have happened. You know, I'd leave the yeah. same thing twice. Yeah. Um, and you know, I questioned whether I was going to shoot it straight, whether I was going to hook it. Mm-hmm. I felt like there was enough hook, um, to where I could hook at it and yeah. to get one. Um, I, I, you know, it's just, it's crazy. You know, and I actually, I will, I will agree. I off my hand. I thought it was close. Yeah. Uh, whether I knew the one in the ninth I made uh, sure. as soon as I let go of it, it was going the right way. I was like, okay, sweet. Just hopefully hit the 10 pin and we're mm-hmm. good. Um, yep. But I didn't want to erupt after I made it. Be- the match wasn't over. Yeah. Um, And that's one thing I've learned being out there is like, you can show all the emotion that you want, but you still got a whole nother frame or game to bowl. Like, once I got the first one in the 10th against EJ, I knew it was over. I just yep. had to hit pins. So, yep. you know, that's the time for it. But mm-hmm. for me to go crazy in the ninth was like, bro, what are you doing? You still have another frame to bowl. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. And then when I, you know, I left it in the 10th um, and I, I talked to Danny Wiseman um, and I talked to, and Doug Kent actually talked to my father. Um, you know, Danny had his view on the shot uh dud basically they were basically agreeing with each other that the shot was close enough yeah. uh, danny thought it was a little left and it just looked like it was slow um and dud said it was online so mm-hmm. i mean it all depends on how you look at it but to go five one um and just get the four pin i mean it just wasn't meant for me to be on the next show and i and yeah. i'm a firm believer that if yeah. it wasn't meant for me to be there yeah it, i, I would have gotten nine yeah um So it's just all how you look at it. Um, but I'm just glad that I got the experience that I did this early in my career to where I can say, okay, next time you're in that situation, we're going to do something a little different.
0: And and that's, that's really what I would look at it too. It's like in the, in, in, in a moment where your, your body is probably just like peak stress level. Right. Cause like all this, all these things are going on. It's like, it's a 10th frame. And if I, if I just throw a good shot, I'm going to win. And like, and it, you know, it doesn't, and then it doesn't work out the way that you want it to. And then you still execute a shot. Like that's something that I personally think you should hang your hat on because no, so few guys can do that. It's so hard to stand up there and just be, you know, just your heart's pumping that hard and you know what it is and you sit in it and it's just is very, very well executed. So good on you, man. But that's where we're going to leave it. That's where we're moving on. We're moving on. <laughs> um, let's, let's, let's look at the next one, right? Cause, uh, players is going to wrap up this weekend. Then you're rolling into Indianapolis U S open and another four or five tour stops. We, uh, back-to-back weeks, something like that. A couple majors mixed in here. Um, you've already kind of talked about your process, but you know, what are, what, what is, what's the mindset? What, what are you doing? going into these next few I mean this is a big run
1: yeah this, I mean this ultimately sets the points up uh, getting close enough to the playoffs uh we've got I got yeah, I think it's three majors left uh, mm-hmm. us Open TOC mm-hmm. and then we've got the world championship yeah masters are so we've got about we got four oh, yeah, majors four left. majors left yeah um and those are all double points um last year I didn't get to bowl the TOC I didn't make it out of the, the qualifier now that I'm a champion, I get to bowl. So to me, I'm already ahead of the game with having, you know, getting more points than I did last year. Um, But I think because of how the first half, the first tournament of the season has gone, um, I'm not going to go into it any different than I would have if I didn't make the show.
0: It's going
1: to, it's it's the same preparation every week. Uh, You know, this is what we're bowling on. This is where we're going. What balls am I taking? Where am I staying? You know, mm-hmm. what am I doing? You, just things like that. Uh, just, yeah. just the stuff that you need to have planned because, you know, we're not only there in a bowl. You've got to stay somewhere, you know, and, and meet up with people and stuff. Um, but I think my practices now are a little bit different in terms of they're more dedicated to the situation than the entire tour season. Um, so, like, this week's practices were just based on of what we're going to do at the U.S. Open. It was figuring out the ball's. We get 10 balls so i've got to figure out out of the probably 20 that i'll have during this practice session on sunday what 10 match up and we go on from there um so this week was about you know getting the new balls in my hand kind of seeing what they're doing am i going to take them are they going to be effective for me out on tour uh filling in some gaps that i saw that i may have um because with the players being on two patterns only i only brought balls for those patterns so now I've got to figure out, okay, we can see anything at the U.S. Open. Yep. We can see anything moving forward. What are the patterns and what am I going to do based off the equipment that I have? So a lot of it is just figuring out an arsenal, figuring mm-hmm. out my group of balls. I'm probably only going to throw urethane anyway. Um, yeah. But yeah, you've got to have the reactives uh, in there. Working on spares, uh, I ended up drilling a new spare ball. My other one cracked before TV, so I was using – a spare ball that had a crack. I, actually,
0: in it. I noticed that you were using that gold. The, it was a gold spare ball on TV. I was like, he was, or no, it was a purple one. Because you were using the purple uh, one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's that, 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 did, was that scary? That had to be. Because every time I've gotten a new spare ball, it's a learning curve for me.
1: <laughs> um, So I actually, I actually waited to drill a new spare ball until after I got back. So okay. I was going to drill one before the show, but I said to myself, okay, well, you don't want to miss a spare on TV, but you also don't want your pass ball to crack in half while you're bowling on TV. Uh, so, which one's going to be the best play? Um, and the crack—it wasn't detrimental, but it was enough to where I couldn't use any longer. Yeah, um, just right above the thumb, I could feel it. So, um, I, it's just time for a new one. Sure, but sure. Definitely, just dedicated more to just being comfortable with spares and yeah, you yeah. know, just making the right adjustments with the new spare ball. But I, and I've always struggled with spare shooting. Uh, two-handed. I don't throw it very hard. I've got a good amount of rev rate. Um, so just finding the right technique and getting comfortable to where I don't have to think about it ultimately has been the the hardest part for me. But we're getting there, and, you know, every year I just, that's one of my goals is to improve on spare shooting. Mm-hmm. I know that's going to get me to the show. Strikes are not, unfortunately. That's how the game is going. Mm-hmm. Um, you can strike 10 times in a game and bowl 190, um, and you can spare 8 times and bowl 220. Or 210, whatever the math is, yeah. right? Um, so it just all depends on how you look at it. But I definitely think spares have been the biggest improvement for me. Um, so definitely preparing uh, with that moving forward. But I'm excited for the rest of the season. Mm-hmm. Um, I get to bowl the doubles uh, in Milwaukee with Parker Bone, Hall of nice. Famer. Uh, nice. We're at Wawatosa it is a lefty center is what I like to call it. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm super excited there. I get to bowl the TOC, uh, with some of the all-time greats. Uh, yeah. so it's just a really fun season. Uh, yeah. I'm just excited that I started off as well as I did. Yeah. Um, look forward to, to bowling next week. Uh, I look forward to, you know, hopefully being drafted in the PBA league and, uh, you know, get to bowl in Bayside. So there's a lot of, outlook for me this year. Uh, I'm just really excited to be out there and uh, just really excited to keep sharing my story.
0: Yeah. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Actually um, i I currently, unless, you know, pending uh, other circumstances, I'm actually going to go down to the TOC. So I'll be there. I'm going to come down on Thursday, which is the last day of qualifying and then stay actually I'm planning on staying through Sunday. And that's I, a lot of guys that I talked to over the last few weeks, they're like, man, that's the one, if I could win it, that's the one. Do you have have a tournament that like – or there's a format or one that is in the season that stands out as like – and if I went – like, I want to win. I want to win every tournament I walk into, but but if I win that one, like that's the special one. Does any one of them stand out to you?
1: Yeah, the tournament champions. Yeah. Uh, That has been the most prestigious – well, you can say the U.S. Open is the most prestigious because of how hard they are. Yeah. Um, But I think the TOC – is more prestigious because of what you have to earn to get there. You have to have a national title to yep. bowl the event, or you've got to make it other the qualifier as a regional player. Mm-hmm. Um, that is the one that I do want to win. Mm-hmm. Regardless if I don't win another title the rest of my career, if I can win the TOC, uh, that would be the greatest tournament yeah. that I've ever won. Um, I would love to win a major. I'll take any major, to be right. honest with you. I'll take any major, but if I had to choose, I would want to win the TOC. yeah, um, And I think it would be sweet to win it in Riviera with, with all the history that they have at that Bowling Center. Um, and when I watched Prather do it, it was the coolest thing. Um, you know, I think that was his first – no, second title, I believe. Yeah, I think second he won title, yep. yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and I call him the $100,000 man. I mean, he's <laughs> really good at winning 100 k k But, yeah, I mean, that's that's the one for me. I definitely yeah. – that's the one that I do want to win for sure. Um, let's, let's wrap the, I, I don't want, I
0: don't need to take up your whole night. Let's wrap this up in a, in an interesting way. I have, I have two things that I wrote down. Um, first off, I gotta know because you've bowled, you know, you bowled four years in college on, you know, on, on great teams. Um, you know, we're, we're looking, we're, we're hunting Bayside, you know, we're, 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 you're, you're, you're this season is like we're every shot is just one step closer to bowling at Bayside, bowling on a team, bowling with a brand. What do you like more? Do you like bowling individual or do you like bowling on a team more? Uh,
1: t- I mean, t- there's nothing like team bowling. Yeah. Um, but I, as much as I love individual, um, it, there's nothing like sharing the experience with other guys. You know, we got to see that. We get to see that on Team USA. I got to see it mm-hmm. in college. Um, when you really become friends with those people and you, you get close to them, uh, it just means that much more to win. Uh, yeah. When we won the team gold in Columbia, uh, some of my best friends are on that team. Mm-hmm. Um, my brother-in-law is on that team. So you, when you look at who you're bowling with, it's like, wow, like this means that much more. You want it that much more than you want it for yourself. Yeah. Like Andrew Anderson didn't bowl very well that week. I wanted it more for him than I wanted winning myself because that was bowling well. Uh, the guys struggled that final three games, and I bowled pretty good. So I wanted it more because we were behind. Mm -hmm. So you find other ways to bowl better because of the people that you're bowling with versus if you're bowling yourself, if you're not bowling well, you're not finding motivation to bowl better unless you're that type of person. Yeah. Um, So I will say team bowling, to me, I like it more than individually bowling. But if I mess up, I'd rather be individually because it's only on me.
0: Yeah. Yeah. No, that's, that's a, that's a fair point. It's if you don't want, you don't want somebody else to have to own your oops. <laughs> sure,
1: absolutely. Absolutely.
0: Uh, and then last thing, because you've mentioned a lot of different names and a lot of different people and a lot of folks that you want to you know give credit to, but uh, uh, who, who uh, you have any specific shout outs that you want to throw out to anybody, you know, was, you, you, you've started your um, season off about as well as you could. And, you know, knock on wood, it's not slowing down anytime soon. But, uh, you know, who, who do you want to give some love to, my man?
1: Yeah, I, I mean, first off, you know, thanks to the brands of Brunswick, uh, Budsy Kelly, uh, Brian Graham, Torrey Deitstra, uh, Parker Bone, those guys at Brunswick have been absolutely incredible. I remember, you know, that phone call I had with Budsy. And uh, a lot of people don't know, Budsy was the first guy to gave me a chance. Um, it's actually an interesting story. Um, Budgie approached me when I was about, I think, 16 years old, um, and said, "Hey, we we want to sign you to this deal that we're having with the brands of Ebonite. We'd like you to represent our staff." That was in 2015. So I'm 25 now. It was around there, probably 17, yeah. maybe 17 or 18. Um, yeah, he was the first one to give me a chance, um, and I will credit him until my bowling career is over. That he is the reason why I'm with Brunswick. Mm -hmm. Um, when he moved over to Brunswick, it was just more of a sign for me to go there. Um, I grew up with Parker and Johnny. Um, I, I just felt like I belonged there. Yeah. Um, so without any of them, uh, especially Parker, I I don't think I would be with Brunswick right now. Um, I don't know where I'd be. I, I'm not sure. Um, of course without Lauren, uh, I don't think I would excel as much as I have been because she has pushed me just to become better. Mm-hmm. Um, she has been there for me when it's gotten tough, she has been there for me when it's gotten easy. So, for her to continue to stick by me and, and help me out and just you know show me that I can be as good as I can be, uh, has meant a lot. Uh, my parents they, they've supported me since I was young, uh, they've allowed me to live out my dreams and go out there on tour and support me uh, whenever I've needed. Um, and then just all the people that I'm close with, uh, mm-hmm. you know, the outpouring support that I get on social media. Uh, phone calls, text messages. The amount of people who watch the show um, was just incredible. Uh, some of these people I don't even know. Um, so the fact that I'm making an impact out there on other people a- has meant a lot. Uh, but I try and keep my circle small, so there are you know a group of people that and and I don't have to sit here and name everybody. They know how much yeah. I appreciate it. Um, I, I try and give them credit when it's due because without any of them, I wouldn't be here. We wouldn't mm-hmm. be talking. At you know, I wouldn't be out there on the PBA tour. So uh, I definitely do appreciate everything that people have done for me. Um, and I'm just happy that I'm able to go out there and showcase what I've got. Uh, I love doing it. Um, I wear the turtles. It's a little bit different. Uh, to me, that's that's the coolest thing is being able to make an impact with a jersey. Um, I've had people ask me, you know, what's the story behind it? There really isn't a story. Um, I just love Ninja Turtles. Orange is my favorite color. Michelangelo loves pizza. I love pizza. Uh, it just all adds up. Um, so I've got all these turtle dolls and I, you know, buy Michelangelo stuff and it's just, it's something that keeps me going. It's something yeah. different. Um, you know, I truly love it. And, uh, to be able to go out there and just represent the brands of DV8, uh, put them on the map with a company that wasn't really out there. And now we've got some staffers that are really making a name for it. So I just appreciate every opportunity that I get. And I hope that I make everybody proud.
0: Awesome. Awesome. Well, I appreciate the opportunity to have had this conversation. Um, I know it was definitely uh, something that was not that the the timing was weird with everything that happened last weekend and, you know, all all that. So number one, thank you so much for um, hanging out, uh, sharing your story, uh, all, you know, being, being able to kind of talk about everything that happened and honestly, I cannot wish you more than the best of luck uh, moving forward the rest of this year too. I um, you, you, like you, you said it yourself, you started out in a way that is almost, you know, as, as, as good as it could have gotten. And um, I hope it only goes up from here for you, bro. I, it's, I think that's Um, I, I would be amazed if one of those PBA league managers doesn't listen to my, very, uh, esteemed opinion. Um, but, uh, yeah, like I said, man, best of luck. Um, I'm sure we'll be crossing paths here, you know, throughout the season too, but, uh, thanks for hanging out. I really appreciate it.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. It was a pleasure. I'm glad we got to talk. Uh, you know, I love sharing my story. Um, I I love what you're doing for the game of bowling. Um, it's really cool to see people in the light be shined by your stuff Um, I I really think it's what we're missing in our sport is for somebody who is not a big name in bowling to sit down with the biggest names Mm -hmm. um, and just share their story. I think that's what is the disconnect is there's no, everybody sees us as these bowlers, but there's no personal side to it. And the fact that you're doing this, I really do think it's the coolest thing. Um, so I do hope I see you more out there on the PBA tour. Um, and I, you know, and I continue to look forward to, uh, you know, maybe collaborate with you in the future and, uh, see more of your podcasts. So thank you for having me.
0: Yeah, absolutely, Matt. I really appreciate it. Um, but I'm going to let you have a wonderful evening so that you can hang out with everybody at home before you get out on the road. So, uh, it's just me and
1: the cats. I've got me and three cats right now. Uh, Lauren's at work. So it's just me and the cats, uh, they're running around doing their thing. I've got some nice dinner in the in the crowd pot here cooking. And i uh, just going to watch the seating tonight yep. and uh, get some mowing stuff ready for tom- uh, Sunday. But no, this has been a pleasure.
0: Yeah, thank you very much for the time, Matt. I really appreciate it. And best of luck at the U.S. Open.